I would have stabbed him in the front because I want him to know who did it. (laughs) Welcome back to Where's My Stick? We're your hosts. I'm Danielle. I'm Kelsey. I'm Christy. And today we are going to discuss some playoff hockey, which, you know, it feels like it's been a while since we talked about hockey, Um, like the actual stuff on the ice. So we'll take a look at the playoffs and um, (laughs) whatever's going on with some of the teams, because it wouldn't be the NHL if it wasn't a little bit messy. So let's start off at the time of recording. The Tampa versus Boston series is over Tampa one, which is so disheartening to me. Um, they beat Boston three to or four to one, a gentleman's sweep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is anyone surprised? Like, what I don't know. I mean, I know Christy um, watched this or followed the series. I don't know if Kelsey did. Any comments on this? I was a little surprised. Um, not that the Lightning are anything but a good team, but I just thought that the Bruins would at least, you know, take a few games, not just the one. Um, it was a lot more lopsided than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I agree. I thought this series would go to seven just because, I mean, honestly, Boston and Tampa were like one and two or maybe like one and three or something like that before the pause. So, um, I thought it would be a little bit, yeah, a little bit more even. Yeah. Some of us on this podcast right now are thriving because of the Tampa <laughs> win. But um, I do agree with, like, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. And some of the games looked closer than they actually were. Like, there were a couple of one-score games that uh, Tampa one basically but like the Bruins kind of came back a little bit but I felt like the Bruins they didn't have they just they couldn't score like at all and then poor Halak like he would save like letting in on average like three goals is not is not necessarily going to kill a team but when your team can't score then it's really um, really, really detrimental. But yeah, Tampa just, you know, came in, did what they had to do. After the first game, I was kind of nervous. But <laughs> but yeah. I'm sad. We talked about this a little bit um, before we actually started the podcast, but the announcers were, you know, ruminating on how this could be the last time we see Zidane Oshara on the ice. And that just made me so sad because I felt that he deserved another cup. Um, and I would have liked to see that for him, but it was not to be, and, you know, honestly, who knows what, what's going to happen next year, but if this was his final game, I think he deserved better from his team. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the last game. It was kind of rough for them. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's tough. And Boston has so many questions and stuff, um, like what's going to happen and, you know, It's rough. Like, I don't know. I don't sympathize with Boston because, I mean, I really don't want, I didn't want Boston to win, but I do feel a little bit bad for them. Um, 
So, like Chrissy said, um, Halak was in net for them, and like one controversy was that Tuka Rask left, um, and this was actually a while ago, so um, we're just getting to it, but Tuka left because his daughter was sick, I believe, and many Bruins fans are blaming this loss on him. I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a Mark James tweet that we will link in the show oh, notes man. that, oh my god, the dra- like the dra- the drama. The drama. <laughs> So this is tweet. This is on August 31st. Said, Dear Tuca, as a lifelong Bruins fan, I am disgusted by your cowardly decision to give up. You quit on Boston, your coaches, all of your teammates, yourself, every Bruins fan. I hope that I never have to see you in black and gold sweater with the spooked bee again. <laughs> I mean, the drama, like... The- are you well, sir? Like you, the way like the way this tweet is worded, you would have thought that Tuka Rask was in in net game five, halfway through the net. He just decided, "Fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play for Tampa now." Like like he's acting like this is such a betrayal when he just went home to be with his sick daughter. I know, it's like when LeBron left Ohio, like Cleveland, to go play. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, his, I mean, his daughter was sick, and, like, there were people following his every move, like, listen, dude, like, I I heard someone say, you know, I mean, Tuca gave it, like, he gave it a try, you know, like, it, a lot of people would have said if he said no to returning to play, they would have said, oh, like, give it a try, why didn't you try it out? He tried, and it, he didn't want to be away from his family or his daughter. He felt like it was more important to be home. And honestly, that's that's valid. Your family, I know everyone's family situations are different. And some people are close to their family and some people aren't. But for the people who are close to their family, if they want to put their family before work, okay. Like, that's it. Okay. And the thing with Tuka Rask, um in Boston is that whatever he does is not good enough yes like for these fans like I don't know what it is but for some reason they absolutely hate the guy and I don't think it's warranted like isn't he a Vesna finalist this year but it's just not good enough for them yeah it's just a mess I mean he really is damned if he does damned if he doesn't So moving on to the next series, it's currently not over, but by the time you hear this, it might be. It is the Flyers versus the Islanders. The Islanders are up, uh, up one game. So they're three to two, which is honestly devastating to me and my homegirls. Like this is like, I'm upset. (laughs) I don't like the Islanders. (laughs) I mean... I'm sm- like I'm laughing, but please know this is like I want to cry. I know, but I'm just like I don't know what to tell you either because you're loving this, like you are thriving I'm right not. now. First of all, this um series is displeasing to me because two orange teams, disgusting. But like the Islanders don't even like orange isn't even their main color. Like relax, it's enough. Like they don't have an all orange jersey. Relax. But this series has been, I don't know, I don't know if it's just like I don't like these teams or what, or just how the Islanders play, but this series has been like very boring to watch for me. 
Ugh. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. Into I mean, that's it. fair. I mean, the Islanders play very defense focused, and I think you know after the season, I think you could say the same as for Philadelphia. Like they have changed their defense um, or the their defensive structure. Um, so I, I mean, yeah, like it's not. It's not fun. Watching the series is not fun. <laughs> to be honest, watching the series, both series the Flyers played, has not been fun. So, again, like I say, it's displeasing. Yeah. But surprisingly, no, like, crazy drama between these teams. I mean, I guess you could say what A.V. said, but I'm starting to realize that A.V. is very theatrical. And he will <laughs> say a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> which, is, which is a complete like 180 um, from the Flyers' previous coach, Dave Haxtell, who said nothing. But then he'll be like, why are you guys tripping? It's not even that big of a deal, what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he is definitely. But he does a lot of that, well, from beat writers that I've seen or talked to, uh, he does a lot of that to take the pressure off of his, his, um, his players. All right, next series, Dallas versus Colorado. The stars are up three to two. They're playing currently tonight as we record, so hopefully they can close it out and get a win. But I mean, if you're looking for a series that is just goal scoring galore, it's this series. I am very surprised, um, though. I do think that um, Grubauer, yeah, going down was a big, um, a big problem for the avalanche but i'm still quite surprised at the star's success um and on my side i'm in i'm of two minds a well the first one is i don't really care who wins this series but two i sort of think that the avalanche have the best chance of beating vegas and we all know my feelings on vegas so i'm a little worried if they don't out. But of course, the Canucks are playing Vegas, and the Canucks are going to beat Vegas, so it won't be an issue. You know, Kelsey, I think that's really fair. I just, <laughs> I don't like Colorado, and I would love to see the Stars advance, but I definitely get it. Like, the Avalanche could beat Vegas. The thing I will say is that I honestly don't know if I, I think losing Eric Johnson hurt the avalanche more than the goaltending now the last time i checked eric johnson wasn't playing i don't know if he is playing tonight um but it they look like a different team without him yeah that's a good point the really was like just it was a struggle to get their offense even though i do know the last game they played they doubled up the stars and won six to three so yeah but i think that's person i think personally that's more like ben bishop was going in for the first time in months. Like, so he was going in cold. Um, I want Dallas to win. Wow, why? <laughs> I don't like Colorado either. And we're not we're not talking about Dallas and their team. But I do oh, want Dallas to like, win. Like, technically we are, though. So it's fine. <laughs> say what you need to say. I did. I don't want Colorado to win. And Dallas is more fun, in my opinion. For those, for our listeners... Christy doesn't like to say it, but we could be Dallas fans. Could be. Don't cut this out. 
But yeah, I think Dallas is better. I think um, Antoine Hudobin has been good for them. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious who they're gonna put in net because realistically, Ben Bishop is the better goalie, but play better behind Antoine Hudobin. So I don't know who you put in because if you put in Ben Bishop, they let in six goals. He lets in six goals, so I don't know or three. So I don't know. I don't know. Dallas actually had a little bit of drama, which we heard, um, you know, from a beat reporter uh, that Dallas's businesses that support Dallas, like the, you know, corporate businesses that support them, um, some of them have decided to pull out because of some of the players um speaking up about black lives matter and they don't want to be associated with that and so so far we don't know specifically what like biz- big businesses those are hopefully we can you know find out um so we don't don't support them but um there has been and we have retweeted um a Dallas um Beat reporter has spoken to some of the people that work in the front office and they were saying like, you know, they like speaking up fans speaking up about like how they support Dallas speaking up about Black Lives Matter. That is if they know they have fans support, um, they will continue to speak up on it as a team and and or as an organization and, you know, supporting their players, which and another team that we're going to talk about, they have done the opposite. So. You know, if you're listening, if you have the time, like, go to our Twitter. We'll link it in the show notes. Send Dallas in um, an email. Send them a letter, however you want to do it, to just show that your your support and them supporting Black Lives Matter movement and supporting their players that are speaking up about the movement because, you know, that's just as important. Good luck, Dallas. Yeah, yeah we are definitely rooting for you. Even though Kelsey might be rooting for the the avalanche, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I mean, if the stars can beat the Avalanche, my theory is that they can beat Vegas. But again, the Canucks are going to fix that for us. So, and let's go into that series. Let's so go right, into that. Yeah, right now Vegas is up three to one. Vancouver came back and you know pushed it to a game six. I like. I just don't see how anyone can root against Vancouver. They are so fun. Yeah, they have some problems uh, in the bottom six but who doesn't okay (laughs) you know like vancouver in my opinion is north america's team they have the support of canada and america because they're so darn sweet and fun (laughs) and and a little rowdy yes they're sweet rowdy boys and i support that yeah so hopefully we can see the Canucks win. Um, and Vegas has definitely had their their uh, issues. This happened a while ago, but we can't not talk about the flower. His agent's <laughs> tweet of the <laughs> artwork of Flower making his save <laughs> and DeBoer like stabbing him in the back with a long knife or like a medieval sword. Honestly, I thought Kelsey tweeted that out. <laughs> And I did, I said this to Danielle in private, but I'll repeat it here on the podcast for everyone to hear. I would have stabbed him in the front because I want him to know who did it. 
<laughs> she said it with her chest. <laughs> that, is, that is fair. Like, if you know Kelsey, you know that's, that's on brand. Um, the drama and the fact that this uh, tweet was up for, like, almost 24 hours. Like, Flower knew he was posting this. And then they played it. On TV, like they played it. Like they <laughs> this was fake news. Like, who would have thought? I mean, this is all because Flower like doesn't get the hasn't been getting the starts, and I think he's played like well when this came out, he played like two games or maybe one game in the round robin or I'm sorry, the qualifying round, and <laughs> yikes. Um, so since then he has played and played well. I think he. He won against Vancouver, but then they went back to um, Robin Leonard, and the Canucks won. So I don't know if DeBoer is going to go back to Leonard in the next game, but uh, that'll be interesting. So much. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that before. Like, how did (laughs) everything get so messy that one night? I don't know. You know, I think I, yeah, I think that's why I personally love it because (laughs) Flower, like, Marc-Andre Fleury has this perception in the media and on the teams that he plays for as this, like, fun-loving guy, like, he'll do anything for his teammates, and then meanwhile, he's probably, like, talking to his agent, like, can you, can you believe these people? They won't, they won't start me over Leonard, and I'm just like, hmm. I see. So this is like a peek behind the curtain, behind the facade. Oh, I mean, he's French-Canadian. Like, you know he has a little bit, like, he's a little bit shady. <laughs> and yeah. the fact that, like, I mean, come on. Do you guys forget the when Matt Niskanen, like, ran Sid? And then he took, like, Matt Niskanen's, like, and he covered his name on the back of his, uh, like, goalie mask with tape? Yeah, I do. Do you remember that? And everyone was like, oh, my God, why did you do that? And he's like, what are you talking about? And they were like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. He's petty. We all know that. The moment that sticks out to me (laughs) is when they won the cup, when the Penguins won the cup in 2015, 2016. And that was like the first time that that was when he got hurt. And then Matt Murray came in and it was like Matt Murray's like arrival and party. And it was great. And when it was his turn to raise the cup, he did it for, like, a second. And he just looked so annoyed. And I was just, like, celebrate. Like, be happy. Because he was so annoyed that he wasn't getting the starts once he was healed. And, like, I get it. You can be disappointed. But, like, you guys remember when the Penguins won in 16-17 and, like, Chris Letang hadn't played at all. Mm. But he was, like, so hyped. He was, like, wearing his costume or his um, jersey at the end and was, like, so hyped and ran out onto the ice and was, like, supporting everyone. And it's just, I just didn't care for that. But who knows? Maybe he'll go to Seattle. That would be my worst nightmare. (laughs) <laughs> Kelsey's like Kelsey you've already claimed that team you don't yeah. want him on it I have two shirts and two hats oh my god already <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know I mean like I get it I'm I mean I'm not a competitive person but I get you want to play whatever but at the end of the day these are your these are your teammates like you're supposed to like support one another but you and can't do says, that yeah and like everyone says how like Flurry is 
so supportive and he's like the perfect like goalie tandem to have because he's so supportive of the other player and it's like is he yeah who said that because like he was is like he only supportive of them if they're bad oh maybe <laughs> he's like it's okay buddy i'm here yeah. I was going to say, because Flowers, like, to me, isn't the type of person that wants to be in a goalie tandem. He wants to be the starter, and that's that. So... Maybe be better at your job. Oh, right. Kelsey's making some points, though. She is, but we need to reel it in before the agent comes after us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just another picture of, like, Kelsey stabbing him from the front. <laughs> from divorce still in his bag. <laughs> we can never be too sure that the evil is truly defeated. Oh my god. Okay, but can we talk about like the logistics of the picture? Like who did he get <laughs> to do this? Someone. Someone think he commissioned it? Yeah. He has to have. I'll give you twenty bucks if you put this knife. <laughs> Maybe. Sounds plausible. That's just embarrassing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it kind of done like it did its job. Flower got the next start. Do we think that was because of the picture? (laughs) Probably. I mean, everyone was talking about it. Like Christy said, it was played on TV. (laughs) It was, and he had to answer questions about it at the press conference. He did. He did. But did he answer any questions? Because no. he was just like, <laughs> I can't do a French accent. But he was just like, I told him to take it down. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, like, after 24 I, hours. Right, after, like, everyone has a screenshot of it. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, like, it's a good meme. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> okay, so Vegas, <laughs> that wasn't it for them. Jonathan Marcheseau. Uh, he was he was sick of whatever was going on in his Instagram comments because he was responding to them, um, especially of people saying that he was a diver, and like it it got to the point where like he had to later res- he had to later respond and say um, and like apologize for the fact that he was responding to comments on his on his Instagram. Some of them were a little bit intense. Like I think one comment. Or one response is like, goes suck on your mom's tits. <laughs> the French Canadians are like, they don't play. I mean, <laughs> they're French. Maybe I, it didn't translate as well. Yeah, like, maybe it's something different. I don't know. I took, I, I didn't take French in school, <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought it was funny how, like, he would do, like, a little personalized, like, insult at the beginning, and then he followed them up all with, like, the same, like, go away or get off my Instagram or something like that. I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> like, he was, like, copy and pasting. Like, and he, he probably was. He had the time today. Yeah. He had the time. He did. I, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't think he, sh- like, should have had to apologize. Like, it's his Instagram. Yeah. It has nothing to do with hockey. Yeah. And it's not like he was saying, like, racist, sexist stuff. Like, he was, like, replying to people in his, D- like, his Instagram. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that's weird that they made him, like, address it. 
Like, it's funny to talk about, like, on the side, but, like, when it comes into, like, media stuff, I'm just like, why are you asking him about that? Yeah, like, it doesn't affect his play or anything. Yeah. Isn't he still, like, a top, top like, producer? For the- oh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay, so I... <laughs> that's not even it with Vegas. Uh, the Las Vegas Police Department released a letter to Vegas owner Bill Fo- Foley, Um just, like, complaining about the players, um, like, speaking out on the Black Lives Matter movement and, like, what is going on, um, specifically in Kenosha and with Jacob Blake. Um, And Bill Foley responded back with an apology to the police department. And, you know, that's, that's tough because I think out of everyone my heart goes out for Ryan Reeves because what does that mean for him? And the fact that like he speaks up passionately um, and so many of his teammates and, you know, players around the league support him and his own team doesn't support, like his own organization doesn't support him, which is so disheartening to see, but like not surprised at all. And like the thing about it is that Ryan, before he even spoke, he said numerous times that like, he's not trying to disrespect anyone who has served um he's not trying to disrespect anybody specifically because like his like you know vegas owner bill foley has like served and stuff like that and then like the same guy goes around and just talks about how he apologizes which like on behalf of like everything that happened and like that they're not going to do that anymore yeah it's very disheartening um I know that we kind of, I wouldn't say, well, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but I wasn't surprised to see that he was walking it back a little bit, um, you know, after we got that, that after that letter from the police was uh, released, I think we all sort of knew that the NHL doesn't stand up to pressure like that very easily or very well, so it was going to gonna force him back a few steps and this is really unfortunate and like Danielle said I'm you know my heart goes out to Ryan Reeves who you could sort of sort of see kind of finding his footing as like a vo- as giving a voice to these issue issues um and now unfortunately you know it's the organization said you know we don't want to get involved in politics or you know whatever and that's unfortunate that's really that's really unfortunate to see. I think I knew that the Vegas owner was like a pretty conservative guy. I don't know where his money's from, but I think I remember hearing that he was pretty conservative. So like, I guess that's how like you know that Ryan was putting a lot at stake here to even speak out. So it is really disheartening to hear that, like, his owner won't even back him or not even like, yeah, won't even back him or won't even try to understand where Ryan is coming from to kind of correct the police officer guy to be like, hey, like, they're not like, it's not about you. It's about like a guy who was almost killed. So that's just really disappointing. And I think and it's just like every time we make like a little half inch step forward 
like the NHL and then like owners and stuff, they just like push you back. It's just like, don't you want growth? Like, why not? Like, we're trying to move forward here. Why are you keeping us back here? Yeah, and I do remember, um, I'll try to find the tweet if I can. I guess he had also said maybe a year or two ago um, that if anyone on his team knelt, um, they wouldn't be playing. So that was something that, you know, going into this, I wasn't sure what to expect, um, you know, from the Vegas Golden Knights, knowing that that was something that their that their owner had said previously. Um, and maybe, you know, I was hopeful maybe his stance had changed a little bit or, you know, maybe he just didn't like care that much about what the team was actually doing um that he you know they weren't worried that they actually wouldn't play um but you know maybe they were and they still decided to just go for it and then you know got some support from the team anyway it just yeah it just you you don't like to see it yeah you definitely don't this uh i i hope brian goes somewhere that genuinely appreciates him because I want no success for Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he seems to love Vegas so much. And didn't he start like a vodka bourbon company or something? He just seems to really enjoy Vegas. So I wish that like it embraced him back. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But he can. OK, but like you can have your, your vodka or bourbon there and then live somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just want him to go somewhere where he's appreciated. Same. Uh, I, and I feel like Vegas not like uses him, but like the way like the way his style of play and Vegas Vegas's style of play is such a match that this is just unfortunate that I'm just oh. like Ryan, you have to go somewhere else now. Um, but it is what it is. It is. All right. So moving to some drama that's out of the bubble or out of. That doesn't involve teams in the bubble. The Panthers. (laughs) They fired their GM, Dale Talon, but apparently the NHL is investigating former GM, Dale Talon, for allegedly allegedly using racial slurs while in the Toronto bubble. Now, it's been said that there has been several, several instances where uh, it was said that Talon used race... uh, racial slurs and, like, racist language, but um, it was said, a follow-up said on Friday morning, it was learned that the NHL has an active investigation going on uh, from the alleged racial comments made by Talon while the Panthers were in the Toronto secure zone. Although the NHL has confirmed there is an investigation, they, they will not comment any further. The Panthers, who have officially parted ways with Talon August 10th, have also declined to comment, um, but various reports say that the NHL is looking into numerous allegations into Talon's past use of racially charged language. Weird use of racially charged. Like, what are you trying to say? Just say racial slurs. I I think, um, I think if the comments that we, that I think, that I'm like, thinking of it's not necessarily uh overtly racist but it's more like covertly racist so I can see how they can see like be racially charged and not like explicitly racist 
even though it's like you're commenting on someone based on their skin color so yeah I don't know I guess because we don't know what he said specifically that it seems like it's downplaying it which is annoying to me which like I can absolutely see the NHL doing or like writers doing I'm like curious to know what was said or what the allegations were like even if they're founded not founded I'm just curious I want to know exactly and like it was going on in the bubble like what was said who heard like (laughs) I want to know the tea (laughs) yeah and it was just like you would you would think with like all all the different coaches and stuff that have been let go from their jobs because of racial issues like Don Cherry was fired this year and just like the current climate that we're in you'd kind of like keep it under wraps a little bit but I guess people are gonna show their ass when they want to. Like, doesn't matter the time or place. No, it doesn't. And, you know, people think they're untouchable until, you know, they're not. So, <laughs> we'll definitely keep our eye on this uh, and um, give some updates if, if and when we find them. Because, you know, the NHL doing an investigation, I don't even know if I believe the NHL to actually follow through. <laughs> this is, what is the investigation gonna be like are they just gonna go up to random people and be like did did dale talon <laughs> say call you call you a slur like did you hear him call you a sl-? like what <laughs> like what is that even let's check the tapes people so um some other news is that actually broke today was that the pwhpa um, adds nurse to the board to fix blind spot via Emily Kaplan. Em, well, it was written by Emily Kaplan, but the PWHPA came out and released um, their, I guess, response to everything that's going on um, with like the Black Lives Matter movement and how they can do better um, and how like what needs to change in hockey. But in the Emily Kaplan uh, article, um, it was said that the PWHPA wanted to set the standard for inclusion and show support to the Black Lives Matter movement. Liz Knox has resigned from the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association board so that Sarah Nurse, one of the handful of black players in the organization, can take her place. Nurse said that over the past few months, she became frustrated by the silence from the women's hockey community covering the Black Lives Matter movement and reached out to the PWHPA, including Knox, about taking action. So um, we I don't know if everyone's seen this, but we will definitely link it, link the article in our show notes. And I'm pretty sure we retweeted um, the PWHPA's response from the Twitter account. But if not, we will so that if you haven't seen it, you can. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think um, I think it's interesting because I I I kind of like the fact that they whether it's because they had to be pressured or whatever, but they took time to actually say what they were gonna say, be like, hey, these are the actions that we're looking to take. This is what we have done, and this is how you fans of us can educate yourself here are places where you could donate money like here are some resources I really like that aspect of it but but I'm also like 
I'm also hesitant because it's like <laughs> Sarah Nurse had to basically be like, hey, like, what's going on here? Like, they didn't feel the need to do it on their own, which, again, it could have been them, like, kind of waiting to, um, you know, see what they wanted to say, see how they were going to support. But then but then I'm just like, okay, you guys have the luxury of being able to do that because you are, are a smaller organization. So, like, the NHL couldn't do that. Like, they can't wait months to make a statement. So, like, I guess, like, I like the statement. I think the statement is better than anything that the NHL has ever put out. But the PWHPA had, like, a lot more time to come up with it. So, I'm just like, for the amount of time that you had, I don't know if it's as good as it should have been. But it's pretty good. It is good. And well, it's better. <laughs> and um, I but I agree, you know, I think that the PWHPA had time to really see where other, um, you know, whether it's individual clubs in the NHL had, you know, sort of failed and how thing how they were responded to. Um, I mean, I, I think that this is a good step. And hopefully, you know, it leads to you know um more inclusion within within um the women's hockey league and yeah i mean i'm just a little hesitant to i mean you can never say that this is like okay like this is fixed this is better because i feel like there's always room for improvement but it just you know it's it's a good step yeah, I mean, so I don't know. Maybe I like, after listening to you guys, I feel like I'm about to. What I'm about to say is harsh. No, do it. Be harsh. So like, oh my god, <laughs> do it. I I just feel like I don't know. Like I just feel like, are you kidding me? Like there was no person of color on your board before then. Like and then like you saying like, oh yeah, like. I we Liz Knox stepped down and and we put Sarah Nurse on there like okay like first of all that's it like you putting Sarah Nurse on there is not it's not like making change like to me I just see here's another woman of color by herself in a room full of people that her voice could easily be silenced and this could be a move that's just like look we have a black we have a black girl on the or a black woman on the the board like look see we're doing something that's better than the NHL and it's like being better than the NHL is not hard and that shouldn't be what your that's not shouldn't be your goal so like i mean there are other black women in the in professional hockey i would have loved to see them add a, a couple of other people but who knows? I don't know what happened in the background where they're like, if they at, reached out to those people and they were like, no, and, you know, only Sarah wanted to do that. But I highly doubt it. And then also, like, yeah, their their response was very, like, polished and it was a lot better. And they're like, listen, we know that it's a predominantly white sport and this is this and we should do that. And and the, here's how hockey needs to change and all that stuff. And it's like, I don't know, as as someone who's a person of color who's been a fan for a couple of years, like, like, I'm like, yeah, you're saying everything I already know. So like, who are you talking? Right. Like, like, so what are you doing? 
And like the only thing that you've done so far has been like, hey, we've added Sarah Nurse to the board, which is great. I love Sarah Nurse. Like honestly, wish she was American, but like that's still my girl. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, but who do you have? Like, have you like have you reached out to like are there more women of color in in your like reporters, in your front offices, in your um in your on your training staff? Like what what else have you diversified? Because it seems like apparently it was just been all white and you needed someone to keep like hounding you to even make these changes or to recognize this. So it's like, I don't know, like you had all this time and you did this and I'm not going to congratulate you for that because all I see is that if like anytime something happens, I better not see Sarah Nurse being like touted out like Willie O'Ree or Kim Davis. Because that's gonna make me angry. Yeah. So yeah. I, feel, so I feel bad because they did something. They did, but it's like if I, I don't know. I just I we will definitely have to see moving forward because I know that Hillary Knight has done stuff specifically, um, and I know other players have, and I know that there are player women of color, in women's hockey that are fighting and trying to make change, and I just. I just wonder if the if the PWHPA is listening to them. But we'll see because you know not everything's going to change soon after soon after they post that, you know. But I I just feel like I don't feel comfortable like saying oh they did good or like that was great or like the you know that's enough because like I don't know when you this might be toxic but when you like reward someone then they start sla- slacking you know if you give them someone like, <laughs> yeah. okay well yeah we did it and it's like well no no you haven't like you've done something so I don't know yeah. I feel like I'm super harsh on this but they have done something but it's like I don't want to I don't want to have my hopes up too high because <laughs> I mean I agree but I'm also just like <laughs> did it take Sarah Nurse like hounding you guys about like hey like what are we doing to address, like, the issues in hockey and, like, anti-racism work for you guys to do anything. And then I'm also suspicious of the lady that stepped down. Because, like, was she already, like, halfway ready to retire? And then she was just like, here, Sarah, you can have my seat. <laughs> when, like, she was, right, she was, like, halfway out the door. So I'm always, I'm always, always skeptical when there's only one person of color in any room. So I hope Sarah does have a voice and like they actually listen to her, but also don't just look at her when racism happens, like look at her for her other ideas too. Like she's not only here to solve racism, even though that's basically what they said she's here yeah. for. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just wondering on that same point, if maybe like, and again, they're not the end all be all of, you know, fixing these issues, but just seeing what they've done, you know, for the NHL so far. I'm concerned about the um, Hockey Diversity Alliance, maybe not embracing women's hockey the same way. Um, and of course, they are new, you know, and sort of, you know, they just sort of just got established and they've had a lot to um, sort through with the NHL. But I just would like to maybe see some female voices in there um, to help, you know, 
provide the women's league with you know some of this same pressure and same attention for these issues that might not otherwise be heard um and i also think you know like we have seen with the players that are part of the hda now um you know sometimes that gives them like a little extra support to speak out on their own um so i don't know i'd like to see them maybe get involved too Here's the thing, Kelsey. The oh, HDA, the HDA is run by black men. So <laughs> let's pump, let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes on there <laughs> with our expectations. Yeah. So. Oh my God. I like literally was holding that back. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, Kelsey. Honestly, no. Because like, no, that opinion is one that I've seen every single day on Twitter, and. That's valid. You know, you would, I mean, obviously we'd love to see women and like just a diverse board on the HDA, right? Or yeah, yeah. I always think I say it wrong, but (laughs) you know, and and here's the thing, like you said, it's a brand new organization that is tackling like very like deeply ingrained problems in a sport that literally you take one step forward, three steps back. So, like, nobody's going to get it absolutely right, perfect in in general. But then, like, when you have, like, a man in charge, like, you definitely aren't going to get it right. And their first thought is never to include women, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because they think, like, oh, my gosh, this is happening in the NHL. So, like, I think some of them are, like, friends outside, like, before this even happened. So this was something that they probably thought of. They have, like, I've seen so... I, I haven't, I I won't say I've seen so many, but I've seen enough, like, I've seen men's hockey players meet women's (laughs) hockey players, and they have no idea who they are. Like, just not a single day, because they don't follow women's hockey, so they don't know the women to bring in. And I'm not saying that's right, I'm saying that's what they do. And then add the fact that men in general, and especially not black men, they don't like to be criticized. And when you attack them and criticize them on Twitter, they like when you call them out, they definitely don't like that because they get embarrassed. And an embarrassed man is like, it's just, it goes from downhill. It goes downhill from there. So like, I don't know. I, I see what you mean. And I see, I've seen so many times on Twitter, people attack them and say like, where's the women? Like add this woman. Why don't you, or you would have been better if you add women like that. And it's just like, I don't know. That could backfire so quickly because you know, men's egos are so fragile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but it's it's a shame though cuz I feel like yeah. they've been so good at adding different voice like different um players of color in the HDA not just black players and like they've even been welcoming of players that aren't in the HDA and supporting yeah. them like even if they are like black or whatever. So it's just like like Blake Bolden is here. Like you know, like yeah. there are people that are like here and they're out. They're out here. Um, but I definitely agree that I feel like right now it's like this little boys club, and they're having a lot of they're experience they're experiencing a lot of growth very quickly, and they're getting their word out very very quickly. So I was like, I I feel like they don't want to mess up that chemistry. And then if they, like, invite, like, a Blake Bolden or even, like, a Sarah Nurse that are going to be, that might be a little bit more critical. Or they might yeah. not be, like, we don't, we don't know. Yeah. Then they'll be like, well, we're trying the best that we can. 
or like if they're going to ask for a little more support because women's hockey needs more support than men's mm-hmm. hockey, then they're like, I don't know, they're just going to be like, um, this is not what we signed up for. Yeah, <laughs> like we yeah. just wanted like a, yeah, so. It's, it reminisces of me, like it reminds me of like that, that time when, um, you know, like men, black men were trying to get the right to vote and black women were like, okay, like us too. And they were like, okay, let us get the right to vote and then yeah. we'll work on you. And it's just like, that's that's not how it should be, but that's exactly how I could see this happening. Right. And then not and, and you know, they're critical. Like if they have like a woman come in and be like, okay, I think this, this, and this, they'll think it's her telling them what to do and they get it, like they get a, like offensive and like. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, if they were to um, put a woman in there, it might not be the best environment for her moving forward. I guess something that I see is just, you know, they've been putting out a few statements that's been like, we want everyone who wants to play hockey to feel like supported. And I'm like, okay, but you don't know, I guess, specifically like how to support women's hockey. And, well, you know, like- maybe they don't care. Maybe that's... No, but I mean, like, what were they going to say? We want, we only want men and no, young yeah, boys completely, to be completely. <laughs> But it's just like, uh, and like, I, I get like that they're trying to do stuff like in, in sections and, and, you know, especially with the HDA, you, they're, they have to do it right. Like they have to be, they have to come correct. Or, I mean, they're going to get, because they're going to get so much hate and people overanalyzing every single thing that they do. Right. And, and I don't want people to think that I'm like, I'm uh, like justifying what they're they're doing and how they're how they're thinking. Like I'm just, I could just like from what from where I'm sitting, I can just see. I'm not surprised at how this is panning out, especially with the lack of women on the board and their sole focus being on like making hockey accessible and like comfortable for everybody. But it seems like it's just for boys but I mean I don't know like then again you have to you have to wait and see because they do say that they're just trying to make it like that for kids but again that this problem is is still a problem in women's hockey too and it just we talked about this in last episode but like having a diverse panel does nothing but help like it, it does nothing but help um, I <laughs> have a question and I don't I thought you were okay. gonna say that. What you gonna say? A, div- a diverse panel doesn't help. I was like, oh my god, you really don't think so? <laughs> you look on your face. I was like, wow. Um, because I've been thinking about this and I don't know how to say it. So if um, if they were to support women's hockey, who do they support? Like, do they go to the NWHL or do they go to the PW? HPA like you know what I mean because they don't have a unified league right now so like how like are they gonna have everybody like are they gonna invite like women from all these different leagues that don't necessarily like each other or whatever like you know what I mean like I don't Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know I don't know that's a good question I think for like where what I think is I think you invite both you know, because it's a problem in, like, in both, like, in the league or in, uh, for the players, it's a problem everywhere, you know, and the goal is to eradicate that problem, so you have everybody, it doesn't, like, that's the thing, is, like, their goal is not to be a part of any, like, 
the NHL or women's hockey leagues, it's their goal is to like help bring about change. So it shouldn't matter the tension that those players feel. Um, and, and I think especially that those players may not have as much tension as we think, because a lot of those players would be players of color and they've all been through similar experiences and that like that creates a bond, you know, either way. Because you can understand where yeah. that person's coming from. Right. Okay. So, moving on to the Penguins. So much has happened. But, re- the most recent. Good. Well, yeah. Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's right, though. Um, one of the first things, I mean, the last time we talked about the Penguins, we talked about them firing their assistant coaches. And today, they hired two uh, assistant coaches one surprise surprise Todd Reardon and uh, the next is Mike Bellucci Uh, they both are named assistant coaches Reardon will oversee the team's defensive group and the power play unit and some background information Reardon if you don't know actually coached was an assistant coach for the Penguins before in 2011 to 2014 he also um handled the power play. And in 2011-12, it was the fifth-ranked power play. 2012-13, it was the second-ranked power play. And 2013-2014, it was the first-ranked power play. So, you know, that's that's not bad. If he can come in and fix the power play, I will not be upset. But Todd Reardon is like a very, it has been said to be a very good assistant coach, especially on defense. Or teaching defense, like defensive play. He's been very, very good. Um, Mike Volucci, surprise, surprise, coached the Wilkes-Barre Scranton baby pens. And he's been bumped up. And he will work with the team's forwards and oversee the penalty kill. Um, And it's, you know, per Jesse, Mike Volucci is a slam dunk hire for me. The guy has won everywhere. He's coached players like, oh, Christy, Tyler Sagan, JT Miller, Trotrek, James Neal, all in juniors, and played a huge role in their development. Wouldn't be shocked if he's a head coach sooner rather than later, here or elsewhere. So that is really interesting. Another Penn's beat writer that I like to follow, Andy Carducci, Angie Carducci said she expected, oh, I expect the reaction to Todd Reardon returning to the Penguins to be an eye roll, but I think he's an upgrade. A little bit surprised by the Volucci as it feels like Sullivan's most likely successor is right here on the bench. So, thoughts, ladies. Sorry, let me just add in. So, before he coached the Baby Pens, he was coach of the Charlotte the Charlotte Checkers, which is the Canes AHL team, and they won the Calder Cup in the AHL. And so, soon after they won, the Penguins got him for Wilkes-Barre Scranton. He, pe- he coached the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Pens and then has... Bumped up to assistant coach for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Do we know if his time with Wilkes-Barre overlapped with Sullivan's? Just because I'm worried if they have, like, a relationship like that. Like, what if he's another yes man? We don't no. Know so he was okay. he coached the Baby Penguins the 2019-20 season. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so very, very yeah. The, the um, 
Checkers won in 2019, that 1819 season. Mm-hmm. And then right after they won, the pe- baby pens got him as their coach. And then he coached for them and now is up with the big team. I honestly, I know I came in this segment a little bit harshly. I don't hate either of these hirings. Um, you know, Reardon got chased out of Washington. He's now an assistant coach. You love to see it. And hopefully he can help the power play. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty quick. It was pretty quick, but you know what? Um, Rutherford's always been like that. Like he's always been like, if he sees something, he's going to quickly get it, you know? And, and so I'm not surprised. One thing that I agree with Kelsey, like I, at first I hated it, but the more I talked to other people about these hirings, um, you know, I don't hate it too much. I just, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, obviously. Um, but anyone that could help the power play and the Volucci guy seems that he's just, he's won in almost every level that he's been at. So I'd like to see his insight. And the one thing about this that is positive, like Kelsey said, is that, or like Kelsey asked, is that none of these hirings are guys that Sullivan knows, or I, from what I've seen, worked with before. So again, we don't have that yes men mentality, and hopefully these assistant coaches can challenge him and hopefully put out the best possible lineup and system that works for the players that we have. Yes. I agree. I didn't know he was with the Penguins before, though. Yeah, me neither. I was like, oh my gosh, and then I text in my friend Andy, who is a a Caps fan, and he was like... (laughs) Well, Andy will always give it to me straight, and he was oh he was like, no, this is a good hire for the Penguins. Like he's such a good defensive coach, um, and he was like, I'm so upset that, you know, they made him, you know, um, the head coach because he was so good in his position with Washington. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if anybody can fix Jack Johnson, but we'll have his work cut out for him. Yeah, yeah, that's then that's the problem. <laughs> you can change <laughs> as many coaches as you want, but uh, now let's get into the trade. Casper Kapanen was traded to the Penguins at the end of August on the 25th, um, and the Pens traded away David Worowski, Evan Rodriguez, and Philip Hollander, and the 2020. 15th overall first round pick for Pontus Augberg, Kasperi Kapanen, and then Jasper Lilligren. Um, Obviously, the big get in that trade was Kasperi Kapanen. In the 2019-20 season, he had 13 goals with 26 assists, had 20 goals in the 2018-19 season. So... Um, before we get into some articles about this trade, what did you guys think of it right off the bat? I've calmed down a little bit, but every time I think that they gave a first round pick from this year, when they know they don't have a first round pick next year, I just like, why would you do that? Like, I think Cappy is a good player. Like, I think he should be fine with the Penguins, but we know how these things tend to work out for them. Like, I think he's good. Like, I think he'll be a good, I don't want to say top six, 
but I think he'll be like a good top nine player. Like he's fast, like he has all the things that the Penguins want for their centers. But we like that first round pick, like we have nothing. We have nothing. <laughs> My issue and I agree, the first round pick, big mistake. Phil Hallander, another big mistake. Those were two things that I was quite excited about. Um, the other is that, like, the idea that some Penguins beat writers have about Evgeny Malkin, like, at his worst, you know, when they're calling out, you know, his bad passes, his bad mm-hmm. decision-making, like, all this stuff, that's Kasperi happening all the time. And it's, like, just so frustrating that now that's going to be, like, a mainstay in the top nine or... If, Jim Rutherford has his way to top six. It's just, it's just frustrating. I'm just frustrated. I don't know. Obviously, I'm biased on this trade. Like, I, I don't like it. I don't like it, the fact that we traded a first-round pick, in my opinion, for Casper Kapanen, which does nothing but help out the Leafs. Like, you tra- trade a really good prospect and a first-round pick to the Leafs. I hate that. I I don't care if they, they we traded Evan Rodriguez, uh, like, to move salary. I, I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to do. I don't like it. I think that's way too much for a top six player. We've seen players that cost less work better or work well with in the top six. But I mean, I have always been a fan of Casper Cabinet. <laughs> not no, necessarily let's call like it what his, it is. Let's call no, it no, what no. It wait, is. listen, not necessarily like his play. <laughs> I've always been a fan of him as a player. I don't watch the Leafs enough to know how he plays. I know that he's super speedy. And he, he, the one thing after looking up, looking him up after this trade is that he knows that his last season wasn't good. And he seems like he has like, not a chip on his shoulder, but he knows he needs to be better. And so all I can hope is that he does. He actually goes through with it, but I mean, I liked Kapanen from afar. I didn't like, I I wasn't happy that they got him in a trade for that much. Like, if they would have traded, like, Schultz for Kapanen, I would have been about it. But that first (laughs) round pick, that's too much. Right. Is Kyle Dubas a witch? No, he's a bitch. dare you take advantage of an elderly like you're a monster <laughs> he, he's one of those um those like grands those grandsons that only comes to visit their like their grandma for money and then the grandma's like here's ten dollars but it's actually a hundred yeah <laughs> Poor grandma. that's literally what happened every time every time and that's the crazy part is that jim normally is pretty good at trades but this one i mean i don't care who, what anyone has to say this was a loss for uh, for the penguins um maybe i'll eat my words and if it and if i do that's that's obviously good for the penguins but right now i'm not feeling it um even just by like player like just by like the player evaluation like we got one player and the leafs potentially got two like yeah. that'll actually, can actually be on their roster I think the first round pick would maybe take a couple of years, but yeah, I'm just annoyed. <laughs> Sean Gentilly uh, for the Athletic wrote 
what do the six pieces of the Casperi Kapanen deal say about the Penguins? And here are a little some nuggets to give a little bit more insight on why the Penguins did this trade. Um, and he said the biggest or one of the biggest factors is the fact that Kapanen plays on the right wing, which is huge. Uh, looking at organizational depth at that spot, um, two of the penguins, hangers, two of the Penguins, three best wingers, Jake Gensel and Jason Zucker, are best on the left side. And the top, and so is top prospect Sam Pulin. Pulin? Pulin? I don't know. But he's sweet. Um, so the logic was clear enough. The Penguins don't want to ride out Crosby's prime by him playing with Dom Simone or Connor Sheary. And then Gentilly goes on to say Kapanen is young, fast, cost-controlled. Um, so that does nothing but help uh, the Flyers. And he projects obviously Kapanen to be in the top six, like playing on the top line with Crosby. So that's a surprise to me. Um, I mean, I know that the, the Leafs have obviously super skilled wingers, so that's probably why Kapanen was uh, in the bottom six, but I don't know. We'll have to see. I just don't know if I'm sold on him being in the top six. And then he goes on in that article to talk about where Corey Pronman has the Penguins, uh, like, farm system. Um, and if you don't know Corey Pronman, he writes for The Athletic. He is, like, he knows all about every single, like, a lot of prospects. Like, he follows all of the team's prospects. He follows every league. And then he ranks them. And obviously the Penguins are 30th in the NHL uh, for their prospect pool. But he said that out of the four guys in the system that could be legitimate NHL players, Hollander is number four. And the fact that the fire of the fact that the Penguins just gave him away um, that, I mean, that's a steep price. So it's not like we're overvalue overvaluing Hollander um, a lot of people value him, and that's a really good prospect that the Leafs got. And the the Penguins don't have a lot of good prospects, so it's like we have four. <laughs> now we have three, and we're not getting another one this year. So, because uh, I don't think we have a second round pick, so um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Like the post Crosby Malkin era is gonna be very very tough. Like we knew that, but like I think it's getting clearer the closer we're getting to it. Jim is willing to sell everything. And I don't even know if they're, like, <laughs> they're for the right be, thing. He, he no, no, he's definitely not. He's not even going to be here. So he's like, fuck it. <laughs> like, have all these draft picks. It's literally just going to be like Jake Gensel. If he, and... if he stays, like, he could be like, listen, I'm trying to win another We'll have we'll only Meanwhile, have John Marino. Oh no, take him with you, Jake. <laughs> no, I was gonna say take him. We need something. Oh, well, Jack Johnson, because he's not going Get anywhere. out, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> that man is never injured. He's ne- like he's like a solid eighty-two. Not even, not even a cold. <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> And, like, we're not wishing that on him, but we're just, like, like the Penguins are, we all know the Penguins are, like, Cursed. they always are hurt or sick or something. So the fact that he's able to 
play 82 games, like that's that's depressing. That's upsetting to me and my homegirls. Like, listen to the pod. We are upset. <laughs> we talked about Jack Johnson. I don't know. What do you guys think? This is the last thing. We'll wrap up because this is getting long. Sorry. But what do you guys think about Jim Rutherford just continuing to talk about or to not praise Jack Johnson, but basically say, like, he's content with Jack Johnson. He thought Jack Johnson had a good uh, regular season. Um do you think that he's just like pumping his tires up to trade him? Or do you think um, he believes what he's saying? Remember, this is the grandfather that Kyle Dubas stole from. Maybe. I feel like he's trying to convince himself. Like, he's just like, if he says it enough times, like, he'll believe it. Other people will believe it. And then people will stop asking him about it. Um Hopefully, it's the first thing where he's just trying to be like, yeah, look, see, he's good. He's good so that he could trade him. But I don't think any GM is dumb enough to believe that. (laughs) But then again, our GM was dumb enough to sign him. So, Yeah, I agree. I think that he's he either truly believes that or he's trying to truly believe that. And he's trying to convince the rest of us of it. Oh, and it's. It's such a liability at this point. It's Jim Rutherford is a liability at this point. And it's so deeply upsetting. One last question for you guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's been rumblings about Max Domi coming to the Penguins. No. Do you believe no. it or not? I do I'm, believe it. Yes, I, don't I believe want it. it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's his sign? Is he another Leo? Like, why are they trying to get him? I don't know. Oh, he's a Pisces. Your boy Sullivan. Well, with that, I think we are going to end the episode here. Um, but before we do, we want to say happy early, but while when you're listening to this, it'll probably be belated birthday to Christy. Yay! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! You know, it does. It's not like ideal that you are a Virgo, but you know we take the hands that were dealt. So happy birthday to <laughs> you! And you handle it with such grace. She almost was a Leo, everybody. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't have that chaos in my life, in my family. And it it is chaotic. It is chaotic. Look at the pens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope your day isn't as chaotic as the pens. There's that. <laughs> That's, you can wish that on anybody. All right. Well, bye.